0: i praise you, Lord. We just love you, Jesus. We love your presence with us. I can't believe how quickly you just want to bless us. And we don't deserve it, but Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for pouring out your Spirit on us. Lord, we thank you for forgiving us for all of our sins. I can't cease to thank you for the fact that I can come into your presence without condemnation. Lord, it's just so good. It's so good. And Lord, we just want to thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit today. I want to thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in the meeting this morning. Jesus, we want to just lift you up. I'll just give you all the glory and all the worship. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, variety is the spice of life. I love variety. I love to have a day where I'm not sure quite what's going to happen next. I like having days like that. I like surprises. Anybody else like surprises? I I love it when people just drop in unexpectedly for dinner. I love that. Well, mostly. I, I I like surprises. I love autumn. Do you know why I love autumn? Apart from remembering that that was when I got married to my beautiful wife... I love autumn because of all the colors, all the different colors that you see. We're in Canada one autumn or fall as they call it over there and uh, I was just amazed at the maple leaves. I'd heard about it but when I saw it I was just blown away, just the colors that you get. Uh, and I love different flavors as well. You know, I hate blandness. Uh, Not as much as my wife, Alison. She puts chilli sauce with just about everything. I'm not that extreme, but I don't like blandness very much. I like things when they're a bit different, a bit unpredictable, and just seeing what happens. And the saying goes, actually, this saying, I don't know if you know this, but just to show you how educated I am, this saying, (coughs) variety is the very spice of life, The full quote is, that gives it all its flavour. Variety is the spice of life that gives it all its flavour. And that was actually from a poem written by William Cowper, who was a hymn writer. So there you go, a godly man wrote that. Variety is the spice of life, it gives it all its flavour. And so here I've got a picture for you of a spice box. Look at that. Do you like that? I love I love that spice box. I love all the colours of it. It looks much better on a small screen, I've got to say. Uh, I love all the flavours that it kind of hints at. And can you imagine standing beside that spice box, the smells, the aromas that would come out of that... And you know, each one of those spices can be individually appreciated, like as they're presented like that. You can take a bit of one, a bit of another, you can have a little smell, a little taste maybe, or you can mix a few together and make some amazing flavors. But supposing somebody was to come along one day and just tip the box over. Supposing if somebody just malicious, somebody malicious came along, tipped it over, And they ground it all together. Now what use would the spices be then? What use would they be? How would you be able to distinguish any of the flavours? How would you be able to really appreciate the different colours that you can see right then? And that's because, along with variety, we need a bit of predictability too. We need a little bit of security, a bit of something that holds everything together. In life, we, we don't just want all the spices mixed up, we want the spice box. We want some semblance of order. You know, and I like variety, I really do. It's a big part of my personality. I'm one of these instant people, I, I like just stuff happening. But I like a bit of routine too and if i don't have any i'm very very unproductive if i have no routine i just won't do anything i'm just lazy so i need a bit of order a bit of structure that's why i married my wife <laughs> but you know <clears throat> if we try to live without any certainty or any security what what happens we just get very stressed we we get depressed even uh, we ultimately, with no security at all, it affects our mental health.
1: It's
0: so important that we have some kind of security. There was a time a few years ago, uh, just after my daughter was born, she's 15 now, so it was a few years ago, but I was made redundant. And uh, at first, when I was made redundant, I thought, great, I've got three months' money. I can just have a holiday, and then I'll think about looking for a job. Well, do you know, I lasted for about a week. And then I started getting really anxious. I do not feel happy at all. The days that spread out in front of me that I enjoyed in the first few days, I now began to dread. All I could think about was the fact that I had a little daughter who'd just been born and a wife who'd just given up her job to have the little daughter. And so we we can't live without some sense of security, without some sort of stability in our lives. And so I'm just going to say that variety is great, when there is underlying stability. And that's what this next section in 1 Corinthians is about. We've been doing a study on spiritual gifts. Uh, Paul starts his teaching in chapter 12. And uh, the verse that we're going to home in on today is from verses 4 and 11, actually. We're going to mostly work on verses 4 to 6, but let's just put it into context and read the passage. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and instill to another the interpretation of tongues. And all of these, all this variety, are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives to each one, just as He determines. Variety, incredible variety. We're going to look at some of that this afternoon. But stability, different, but the same. Different, but the same. Just look at that. Different kinds of gifts, the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, the same Lord. Different kinds of working, the same God. Different, but the same. Variety. But stability too. Constancy. Constancy. So let's just talk about this <clears throat> sort of painting the broad picture. Let's just zoom in on the passage a bit then. And first of all, this phrase, variety, different kinds of gifts. You know, I often say this that church isn't meant to be boring. Okay? It's not meant to be boring, it's meant to be a wide variety of gifts amongst us, a wide variety of people, of cultures, of classes. It's meant to be mixed up. There's meant to be as many different aspects of church as there are people, because the church is the people. So there's going to be a mixture of people. And uh, I love this passage. So we're, we're looking really at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, which is the beginning of Paul's teaching on spiritual gifts. But at the end of his teaching on spiritual gifts, in chapter 14, he says this. Verse 14, chapter... <sighs> Chapter 14, verse 26. It says this. What shall we say then, brothers? This is his conclusion. What shall we say, brothers? When you come together as church, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. All of them must be done. Variety. Variety of contributions. A tongue, a a hymn, a word of instruction, revelation, a tongue, interpretation. This is the kind of spiritual atmosphere that a New Testament church is meant to have. Everyone has got something to give. Everyone participates. Everyone is gifted by the Spirit and everyone has a role in strengthening the church. All of us, every one of us. Have you ever thought about that? If you don't play your part, (laughs) how is the whole going to be strengthened? Because it requires everyone and there, do you know there are at least 22 gifts, as I said last week, mentioned across several different passages, but there's not one single comprehensive list all in one place. It's almost like God doesn't want to be tied down in this whole era of variety. It's his manifold wisdom, his many-coloured, many-varied, many variations of his spirit. He's so generous, you know. Do you know how generous God is? It, it just seems that there's this indiscriminate, almost handing out of the gifts. Steve was talking about the dancing hand of God. That's beautiful. That's a really good way of putting it. The dancing hand. Who am I going to use? Who am I going to use for this? Who am I going to... The dancing hand of God. And all that's needed, guys, is for willing hands to put them up reach up and grab them and say, God, pick me (laughs) when the dancing hand is here. Pick me, Lord, use me. And you could say that there are as many gifts in, in the New Testament as there are body parts. You know, from what Paul says later on in the chapter Chapter 12, verse 12 says, The body is a unit made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. Such is the manifestation of his Spirit. Such is the variety of gifts and function in the church. Many but one, variety but the same, some more hidden than others, but all working together. That's the picture of the body. All these required for the proper functioning of the church. I mean, did you realise this? Did you realise how wide and varied the gifts of the Spirit are? I think sometimes in charismatic... I don't know what's the matter with really. me, I can't speak today. It's been a stressful day today. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I think sometimes in charismatic churches we think that the only gifts that are there are prophecy in tongues. <laughs> it's the only gifts we have. But it's not. The gifts are so wide, and so varied. We're going to talk about this. I want to just look at the list that Paul gives us. and I'm just going to talk about each of these gifts very briefly. Um, and do you know, as we go through them, why not, in your spirit, put your hand up and say, pick me? <laughs> God, I want that. Okay, as we go through this list. And I want you to think of these as kind of heavenly samples. What we're going to go through now, because there are so many more gifts that are in this list, but these are some good samples. So first of all, Paul talks about the message of wisdom. The message of wisdom. Have you heard any wisdom at church recently? Have you heard any wisdom? Paul says, sorry Solomon says, wisdom cries aloud from the streets. I love that. You can't miss it. God is so keen to let us have his wisdom on things. Do you need some wisdom? It cries aloud on the streets. It cries aloud. It warns us. That's why it's crying aloud. Wisdom warns us. It guides us. Don't go that way. If you go that way, it's going to do you harm. There's wisdom from God. Let's just read Proverbs a second. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1. Two, seven. This is the best definition of wisdom in the Bible. Ecclesiastes, songs Psalms, on Psalms, Proverbs. Okay, so these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, King of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. This is what wisdom's for for acquiring a disciplined and a prudent life, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, for sayings, the uh, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. And of course, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So are there any simple people here today? Any simple people? I'm a simple person. I need God's guidance. I don't know what to do. Any wise people here? Well, you need to add to your wisdom. Thanks, Rob. There's a wise man there at the back. Not wise for putting your hand up, but there you go. You're wise. Is anybody here needing guidance? Anybody needing knowledge? The wisdom of God is in the church. Is in the church, the message of wisdom. Then there's the message of knowledge. Now there's some debate about this, what this really means. Some say it's supernatural knowledge about people in the church or people on the street. Supernatural knowledge. There's somebody here who's got a dental appointment uh, this week and they're really worried about it. Anybody? See, I was completely wrong. I actually just wrote that down. It's all right. It's just an example. But it's that kind of thing, a message of wisdom. Well, has anybody got a dental appointment this week? I have. Yeah, I have. And I'm a bit... Yeah, I don't like dentists very much. Message of knowledge. Knowledge. Or a message of knowledge is supernatural insight and revelation about the Bible. A fresh revelation on truth, message of knowledge, that so it comes out in preaching. There's a freshness about the preaching. Oh, I didn't know that, I didn't see that, it's the message of knowledge. And I think it's both, alright, I think it's both. It's supernatural knowledge. Which is sometimes about what's going on in the world and it's supernatural knowledge about the Bible as well. I think, I tend to think that's a mixture. And uh, I've, I don't know if you've seen this, but how often supernatural gifts will will sort of slip from one into another. So prophecy into teaching, and teaching into prophecy, and how often uh, tongues starts prophecy, and these kind of things. They kind of spark one another off, and it's not always easy to categorize. And do you know, I'm not sure, I'm not so sure that God is that worried about categorizing when he's put such broad categories anyway. I mean, a message of knowledge. It could be all sorts of things. I've got knowledge from God. What about faith? Gift of faith. It's uh, You can hear it in somebody's prayer. You can hear faith. Wow, they've really got faith. They're praying with a sort of certainty and an audacity about that. I felt that a bit when Steve was praying earlier for Solihull. He was praying with faith that God's going to hear us and God's actually going to hear my prayer. Or it may be a response that you feel in your hearts when the word is brought to you, there's faith that arises. Somebody can encourage you and suddenly I've got strength to do something that I didn't have before, supernaturally. Gift of faith. We can get that either through hearing prophecy or hearing scripture read. Hearing scripture read. Can I encourage you guys to prophesy? Because it unlocks faith in the church. It unlocks faith in individuals. Can I encourage you to read scripture with faith? Because it will unlock faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Read it out loud. Read it boldly. Like you believe it in the church. It's important to read the Bible out loud as we come together. Healing. Gift of healing. A few weeks ago, but also uh, when we hear about sickness, we, a few weeks ago it was just a spirit of healing came on us and a number of people got healed. Uh, just wonderful when God does that. But it's, it's all the time. God gives the gift of healing. I was just coming to the, the uh, life groups together on Thursday night and the caretaker stopped me because he's been really sick. And I said, oh, would you like me to pray for you? And so we just had a word of prayer there, and I haven't heard whether he's better or not. But I do believe that it can come so instantly. Faith rose in my heart when he asked. Often it does when people ask for prayer. I want to encourage you to ask for prayer, because it unlocks the gift of healing when you're ill. Ask for prayer. Don't just wait for somebody to offer Miraculous powers, are we seeing any of those? Well we are actually, we probably just don't know what they are. Miraculous powers, Holy Spirit come, and the presence of God is just manifest. It was just like rain falling on us this morning, I don't know if you think, oh he was just off on one saying that. There wasn't, there was just a sense of the presence of God just falling gently on us. Who felt that? Just felt the presence of God falling like that. I want to encourage you that the manifest presence of God is a miraculous thing. Sometimes we have gold dust. Sometimes there's oil on hands and faces. Sometimes people fall down or can't but stand up any longer when the presence of God comes. Miraculous powers. We've seen some, but I'm expecting a lot more. I'm expecting a lot more. Prophecy. telling or foretelling is how it's often summed up. So it can be a declaration of truth, telling the truth uh, about our identity, for example. You're a son of God. Or it can be, this is going to happen or is happening. Sometimes it's, this is happening. You don't see what God is doing, but actually this is what he's doing right now, foretelling and foretelling. Distinguishing between spirits. I just want to say about that, that's more often, I think, seeing what God is doing. So many people think that having a gifted discernment means that you see demons everywhere. I don't want to see demons everywhere. They're really ugly things. I only want to see what God is doing. Distinguishing between spirits, that's of God, that is amazing, that's wonderful. And anything that isn't of God becomes clearer when you know the genuine. <laughs> when you know what God is like, everything else kind of stands out a bit more. Let's get focused on what Jesus is doing what God is doing amongst us. The reason I went through that list... Oh, just one more. Tongues and interpretation often unlock other spiritual gifts. So bring them early in the meeting. (laughs) I encourage you to bring a tongue early in the meeting. Come to church determined to bring a tongue because it unlocks the other supernatural gifts very often. So are we seeing this variety here on a Sunday? Well, to some extent I think we are, but probably we're not labelling it or understanding what it is that we're actually seeing. And because we can be lazy sometimes, we just see prophecy in tongues. (laughs) But there's a whole variety of gifts that are being used all the time. And when we're more aware of what they are, we can say, actually... And sometimes it's our fault, because we need to perhaps, when we're leading the meetings, just say, it's just a word of wisdom there for us, isn't there? It's a word of warning, a word of wisdom. Don't go down there. Don't do that. Okay? So I just wanted to uh, just go through that with you. There's this incredible variety of gifts, but the same spirit. The same spirit. And this is the bedrock. This is what we can depend on. This is what we can build on, the unchanging nature of God. The spiritual gets all the variety, all the different flavors, but the same spirit. Jesus Christ, Hebrews says, is the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes, he never deviates. There's no shadow in his turning, no variation in his love. There's no variation in his power. There's no changes or fluctuation in what he thinks or says. So glad about that, aren't you? are you so glad that Jesus is so constant through his spirit? He doesn't have mood swings or off days. I love the line that Bill Johnson often likes to say. He says, God is in a good mood today. (laughs) I think sometimes we think he isn't. I think God's a bit moody today. It's all those clouds and I reckon God's angry with me. <laughs> it's not, he's in a good mood. Is your God in a good mood today? Is he pleased with you? Do you know his pleasure? Whatever the variations of the gifts that we see or experience, they all represent another aspect of what God is like. Do you realize that? All of these gifts and their variation, they all give you another kind of picture. It's another kind of spice from the spice box. It's another flavor, another color, another smell. Spiritual gifts, as we saw last week, are a manifestation of who he is. You know, when we see spiritual gifts in operation, we're getting another glimpse into what God is like. It's the same Spirit that's being revealed through all of the different gifts. Same Spirit that in one gift is wise, incredibly wise. You know, the Spirit teaches you through that gift of wisdom, how to obey God's commands. His wisdom directs you into right paths and corrects you with an insight that literally comes from heaven. That's a manifestation of the Spirit, God teaching you. Or When we hear prophecy, it reminds us of his heart for us. When God speaks a prophetic word to you or to the church, it's because he cares about you. He cares about us. He wants us to know what's in his heart for you. Prophecy is an amazing thing. I get to know what his heart is like. I get to know what God is like, what he feels, what he thinks about me, us. Prophecy is wonderful. And we experience his fatherhood when he speaks words of love and assurance. Don't despise prophecy. Don't despise prophecy. Sometimes prophecy can be just really kind of obvious. Do you ever think that? Oh, that's obvious. Don't despise it. When we hear different kinds of tongues, we're reminded that he's God of all the nations. We hear different languages. God of all the nations, every tribe, tongue and nation. He owns them all. He's got a plan for them all. His international mission is being made manifest when you hear the gift of tongues. Oh, it's just the gift of tongues. No, it's a revelation of God and who he is. When the sick are healed, we have a foretaste of the day that is coming where there'll be no sickness, no suffering, no dying, no pain, and the victory that he's already won over death and sin. We're getting a picture of what heaven's going to be like. Because Jesus healed Sue's tooth a couple of weeks ago. That's what God's like. He doesn't want us to be in pain. He doesn't want us to be sick. It's another aspect of what... So look what God is like. Look what God's like. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't our God amazing? Look how kind he is, look how generous he is, look how he corrects us and guides us, how faithfully he's working amongst us. He's making us beautiful for his son. the Wedding day, such variety, such colour, such radiance and beauty, but the same spirit revealed through the church and spiritual gifts. And there's another variety that Paul talks about here, you know, there are so many ways that we can serve God, and there is a variety of service. And there's so many ways we can serve God when we're using spiritual gifts. And that's what spiritual gifts are for. They're to serve. That in being obedient servants of Christ, we minister to one another in the church so that we are all strengthened and built up. That's what we read, wasn't it, in 1 Corinthians 14:26? What should we say then, brothers? When you come together, each one of you has all these gifts... And that all these must be done for the strengthening of the church. We need to serve one another in that way. We need serving. We need strengthening. We need people that will serve us. You know, when each of these spiritual gifts is being used, the church is being strengthened. That's what the Bible teaches us. We were strengthened when that tongue was brought. Especially when it was interpreted so beautifully. You know, people are built up. Look, suppose I were to use a spiritual gift right now, okay? Suppose I was to use the gift of encouragement and just pick on anybody and just encourage them. Suppose I just did that, yeah? Darren, I just want to say, I think you're fantastic. Do you know, I love the passion that you have. You get so into things. I love how passionate you are. I love the fact that you were bare grills last night. That you went off with Henry like that and camped in a field. You're crazy. I love the fact you do crazy stuff like that. I love the fact that you made all these, uh, you made all these amazing wooden things. And then you went to a craft fair and made money out of blocks of wood. I think that is so cool. I just love the fact, Darren, that you're just a passionate man. And, you know, when you pray in the church, you just lift the church. When you sing out prophetically, you just really bless us. And I just want to encourage you. You know, when I was praying, I felt God wanted me to encourage Darren today. I just want to encourage you, mate, so... I hope that's okay. And Steve, suppose, suppose we, somebody were to just randomly stand up and come to the front of church and encourage the whole church. Would you like to try? <laughs> Steve Byrne, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh. Praise the Lord. I was thinking um, earlier about uh, our time of worship together. And um, I thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, And it was interesting, Wendy, when you bought that um, picture of all these umbrellas being up. I had the same picture. (laughs) And uh, I thought, oh Lord, let's get these umbrellas down quick. And uh, I thought that was encouraging. Um, but to me, I think that one of the wonderful things about our church here is our worship. Mm. And uh, do you think that we've totally got there yet? <laughs> no? Wow. <laughs> okay. So do you think that... Uh, the best is yet to come. Yes. Yes, that's it. And uh, I think the same. The best is yet to come. Come on, yeah, absolutely. So I just get this real sense of excitement that as we worship together, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing when we're worshipping together because there's a sense of unity. Shall I carry on? Oh, so, you know. right. no, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm on my feet. Come on. Just come, come on this <laughs> way. And there's uh, <laughs> a sense of unity together. Yes. And uh, that's where the blessing of God is commanded. Yeah. And as we worship together, I, d- I just think it's great mm. and... I just love that catchphrase the best is yet to come and that's where I sincerely believe Mm. Um, and there's a sense I was reading the book of Joshua the other day and there was a bit of an issue there and uh, they got hold of this altar and they realised that they had the real right to worship Mm. and it was a bit of a turning point for them and I just wonder sometimes whether we, you know, we lose sight of that. We've got a right to worship. That's, right. that, that's, a, that's, how, that's part of our significance. That's a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, hmm. <laughs> there is liberty. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to what God is going to do. Yeah. So be encouraged. <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to
0: say, if ever you need encouraging, just go and speak to Steve Byrne and say, Steve, encourage me. He's so good at it. Do you feel built up? Do you feel strengthened by that? We need to use spiritual gifts. Wow! Well, I don't know what to say now. Wonderful. When we serve like this, in all sorts of varieties of ways, we find out what God is like. We find out just how much he thinks of us. When you're encouraged like that, you remember his father heart. That's what you got with Steve there. It's just a dad encouraging us. Praise God. Variety of service, but the same Lord. And servanthood is essentially an acknowledgement of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. That's what it is. That's why, this is why we obey His promptings and serve others even when we don't feel like it even when we're tired or even unwilling. I had this great story. Uh, anybody heard of a guy called Francis Chan? Francis Chan is an amazing, I recommend listening to him preach. It's just amazing. He's a guy from America, Chinese man. And um, he was telling this story of uh, one day he was on the plane going to a pastor's conference and he was going to be preaching to 500 pastors on being courageous. That was his theme, okay? So he was getting on the plane, and as he was getting on the plane, he said to God, he said, God, I'm tired, I want to have a sleep, please God, don't put anybody next to me on the plane, I just want to have a nice sleep, I want to shut my eyes, and I just want to get to this conference, deliver the message and come back here. And so he got onto the plane, he sat down, and great, there was nobody next to him. And then within moments, a rather large lady came and sat right next to him, and he was squashed in the corner. And uh, he felt the Holy Spirit say to him immediately, he says, I want you to talk to her. And I want you to preach the gospel to her. And he said, no. He said, God, I'm tired, I need a sleep, I've been serving, and I've been busy. No, I'm not going to do it. And for the whole trip, Francis Chan argued with the Holy Spirit. He got to the conference, and he got up on the platform, and as he got up on the platform, he knew he couldn't preach. And so instead of his prepared sermon, what he said is, guys, I've got to confess to you, I've sinned, and I need to put it right with God. And he confessed in tears that he'd resisted God, he'd been disobedient to God, And he said, guys, I need you to pray for me. I can't preach this sermon to you. And they just had the most amazing time when lots of different pastors came up and shared about their own lacks as well. And they prayed for each other and it was wonderful. They had a great conference. got on the plane on the way back. He got onto the plane and he sat down in his seat. Within a second or two of him sitting down, this rather large lady came in and sat right next to him. He looked at her. She looked at him and she said, You were sat next to me on the way out. And he said, yeah, I was. Look, I'm really sorry, but this is what was going on, and now I need to preach to you. (laughs) (laughs) And he did, and led her to the Lord. Isn't God good? Isn't he wonderful that even when we miss it, he's so gracious, he's so wonderful, but he is Lord and we need to obey Him. And so there's a variety of serving, but the same Lord. His Lordship is crucial in this whole area of spiritual gifts. When we serve one another with spiritual gifts, and we humble ourselves like that, the Lordship of Jesus Christ is glorified. And His power amongst us increases, and more miracles are seen, because we are willing to obey Him and we're willing to step out. So let me ask you then, are you obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit when it comes to using your gifts? Are you obeying Him? Are you prepared to make yourself available to Him for service? Will you step out? Will you take a risk, even though you might be tired, you might be scared, or even a little bit intimidated? A variety of service, but under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Variety, but stability, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And finally, Paul talks about a variety of working. A variety of working. And this word, the Greek word here, means power in operation. <laughs> a variety of working, a variety of power in operation. It's the energizings of God for action. That's what's unlocked when spiritual gifts are used, it unlocks the power of God. It energizes us to action. That's what's going on. Listen. I love this. This, this commentary, let me just read you what this commentary says. It says, uh, this word is really good because spiritual gifts produce results that are obvious. They energize us. They change our lives. I love this. The power of God is released into our lives because I obeyed him and brought a prophetic word. The power of God is unlocked in the meeting because somebody brought a tongue. The power of God is unlocked because direction comes to somebody because somebody's used wisdom. It energizes us for action. Faith comes because the word of God has been proclaimed in the situation. The energies of God are released Faith arises, clarity comes, a prayer is answered, a cry is heard, and God breaks into your life. That's what I want. I want that. No, we've got a powerful God. Do you know how powerful God is to change your situation? Do you know God has only got to come close to a mountain and it melts? (laughs) That's how powerful he is. He's only got to speak and the whole world comes into being. That's how powerful he is. Encountering him, the God of this universe, changes our lives. Whose life has been changed? Because they've encountered God. My life has been changed. I don't know where I'd be if I wasn't a Christian today. I'd be in a mess, I tell you. I'd be in a mess. You know, nothing is too hard for him. No sin is too great for him to forgive. No problem is too hard. There's nothing that stretches our God. Do you know there's nothing that stresses Him? Today He's seated. He's relaxed at the right hand of the Majesty on High. He's not pacing up and down worrying. He's in control. He holds the world in the palms of His hands. How big are those hands? He, uh, his understanding is limitless. His will cannot be resisted. His purposes cannot be thwarted. His promises will always be fulfilled. His love is too vast to measure. His grace is so rich that it's going to take the whole of eternity to even begin to comprehend the size of it. The whole of eternity. That's what Ephesians says. His patience beyond our comprehension. His peace beyond anything that the world can know. His ways are higher than our ways. His ways are past finding out, and yet his plan to bless us, to give us a hope and a future. And he's working, and he is working, releasing his power into our lives, releasing his power into our situations, and his working, according to Paul in Ephesians, is the working of his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present. Age, but also in the one to come and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way our God is powerful and I get excited about it he's my God and our God is at work amongst his people. And he uses a variety of means, but he definitely uses the gifts that he seemingly indiscriminately scatters amongst us. He's the same God, the same God who's the creator of all things, that is living and moving amongst us in all these different ways. All these are the work of the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines just as he determines, just as he determines. What's going to affect that determination? What is going to affect that determination? I'm willing. Here I am, Lord, send me. That was prophesied earlier. Here I am, Lord, send me. Are you willing? Are you able? Do you know, even today I believe that God's Spirit is hovering... Over us, the dancing hand of God, looking for those that He can send, looking for those that He can equip, even today. You know, if it's just down to us leaders, guys, forget it. We haven't got enough gifts between us. We need the body to work. That's God's plan. He will not give all the gifts to one person. <laughs> Did you realize that? Oh, he's so gifted. Yes, yeah, so what? So are you. It's just that he uses them. That's the only difference. Look, I'm being deliberately provocative, alright? Be provoked! Variety is the spice of life that gives it all its flavor. I want to see God's variety. I want to taste his flavour. I want to smell God amongst us, the fragrance of Christ. Do you know, I believe the time has come for us to unlock some of this variety in Jubilee Church. It's time for the everyone has. It's time for the release of the gifts of everyone. I want to just close with a second picture. Uh, And uh, I hope you like my pictures. Uh, but this picture is, is to illustrate the variety without stability is a bit like the difference between being in the middle of the sea there. How do you fancy being there? How do you fancy walking on that water? How do you fancy just being in a life raft there? I don't like that. That kind of variety scares me. I don't like that at all. That's what some people's variety is like, you know. There are just no rules. There are no boundaries. There's no structures. There's no clarity. That's not what God wants for the church. How about this? Next picture. You can be in the middle of the sea, or you can be (laughs) in a beautiful swimming pool with a wave machine. And do you know that wave machine... When it's on full power, it can knock you off your feet, all right? But there is a stability there, because you know that underneath your feet is concrete. Around the edges is concrete. It's contained. There's a structure. And I believe that's what God wants for us as a church. It's not just the waves come and we all get blown apart, we don't know what's happening, what's going on. You know, if everybody has a gift and they're all using them all at the same time like they were in Corinth, we'd have chaos. But that's not the situation. There's a clarity, there's a clear leadership structure, there's a clear authority structure. Spiritual gifts are safe. The Holy Spirit can come and he stays and he's with us. God has come to fill his temple. His glory is with us. And I believe it will grow in strength and variety of expression as we move forward into all that he has for us at this time. Amen. I'd just like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for the church. And then we'll close because we're running ahead of us. We're a bit late today, so bring it to a close. But I don't want you to go away and forget what we've talked about today. I want it to change us as a church. I want you to come back next week with a sense of expectation of the dandling, what is it, dancing hand of God. Pick me, use me, bring that variety. Let's just stand and pray, shall we? (coughs) Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love the fact that you're working amongst us. We love the variety that you bring. We thank you that you're not boring nothing boring about our God. There's nothing predictable. You're not a safe lion, and we're glad about that, Lord. But you are faithful, and you never change, and you are strong, and you are on the throne, and you have everything in your hand today. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for the security that we have in knowing that you are our Father as well as our Lord. Jesus, we worship you. and. Today, Lord, as we stand together as Jubilee Church, we want to offer ourselves to you and say, Lord, pick me. Will you use me to bless this church? Will you use me to bless somebody this week? Will you use me, Lord, even in my workplace, to just bring a word of encouragement, to just notice something that's needed and bring it? Will you use me, Lord? Will you give us stories? Will you give us... Uh, the spice box of your blessing as a church. We want to smell good. We want multi-colors, Lord. We want multi-flavors amongst us. Keep us from blandness. Help us to fully reflect your beauty
1: in all that we do together. In Jesus' name. Amen.